who are some of the best post-2023 draft for agent targets for the Baltimore Ravens. We identify those and much more coming up next here on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Allstriker of Ravens Wire, and we're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Thank you so much for being here with us, making us your first listen each and every day on Locked On Ravens, whether you are an every day or you tune in every single day, or if you're new, this is your first time, or if you're somewhere in between, thank you so much for tuning in, whether you're an audio form or video form anywhere you get your podcast. We are free and available anywhere. So be sure to find us anywhere you get your podcast. And be sure to again like this video on YouTube, subscribe to the channel there as well. We're a Daily Ravens podcast. So five days a week, Monday through Friday, Ravens analysis, updates, news, etc. So if you or even a family member or a friend wants that Ravens perspective daily, be sure to keep it here on Locked On Ravens. We have a lot to talk about today. Kind of, again, in the slower part of the offseason, the Ravens will actually have their football camp, I believe they call it again tomorrow, where Mike McDonald and a couple others will speak. They did it last week, and Todd Munkin, I think, provided really solid insight. So I'm, I'm hoping to get something out of that and kind of seeing where and, and hearing where Mike McDonald is. But here today, I want to talk a bit about post-2023 draft free agent targets. I think the, the Ravens already signed one in Rocky Yassin, but there are still other avenues to improve this team. And after the Ravens did sign Lamar Jackson to that huge extension, they now have an avenue. They, they now have money to maybe make either one big move or a couple of smaller ones. And so today we'll be talking about the Ravens and their positions of need in, you know, corner, potentially outside linebacker, defensive line, you know, you can look to the offensive line, but there's stuff to talk about in both the cornerback and the offensive line regarding the second segment. We'll talk about Marcus Peters and the visit that he had and we'll talk about what it would mean if Baltimore were to essentially lose him to this AFC rival and then in the final segment we'll talk about the Ravens newest offensive lineman who they signed on Monday so so much to dive into on the show today let's first start off with some post 2023 draft free agent targets and again the Ravens they signed Rocky and they got in that market early they also again talk about the offensive lineman they signed in that third part of the show but when you look at kind of what the Ravens need, you go cornerback still. I think definitely some edge rusher, defensive end, defensive tackle potentially. You could even look at safety if you wanted to. I mean, oh, Walter Football, I, I use their site for, you know, who's available, updatedness there. I mean, I can go through every position just briefly. I'll just briefly, briefly touch on positions that aren't a need. Like, for example, quarterback-wise, the Ravens don't need to sign him. But if you have someone, you know, if I read off a name or you you hear someone that I say or you even have another free agent target that you want, you know, maybe the Ravens to go after and it's kind of unconventional, you can comment up below on YouTube. You can tweet at me about it. I mean, for example, Teddy Bridgewater. If, you're, if you want Teddy Bridgewater on the Ravens, he's still a free agent at the age of 30. But other than that, all those guys have really been signed. Matt Ryan announced he's joining CBS but not retiring then it's the guys like a, a Josh Johnson, Mason Rudolph, Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco reunion. Let's do that. Let's bring in Joe Flacco. You know, I think the Ray would be funny if the Ravens did that. But again, quarterback, really not a need for them. They have Lamar Jackson. They have Tyler Huntley. It's the same thing at running back. I mean, I think the most prominent 
free agent still left on the market. You could argue whether it's, you know, an Ezekiel Elliott, is it Kareem Hunt? They have, there are options there, but again, the Ravens have JK Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and I feel like they feel very confident with Justice Hill as their third guy. And then maybe Keaton Mitchell makes it as their fourth wide receiver wise. If the Ravens had not signed Odell, I'm sure we'd still be talking about it, but luckily the Ravens did do that. The only, you know, guys worth mentioning here, players like Demarcus Robinson, Jarvis Landry, the wide receivers just not need it. It feels so good. Doesn't it? <laughs> After all those years, it feels so good to finally say, you know what? This Ravens wide receiver room is actually really deep. It, it actually is. And so we don't have to talk about, well, should they sign Julio Jones? You know, we, we exhausted that here on locked on Ravens for years the Antonio Brown saga, which actually got another chapter a couple weeks ago, but we're well, luckily we're not talking about that anymore. Ten tight end wise, again, I, I think they're set. Other you know options if they wanted to sign somebody else, Ma- former Raven Max Williams, Mercedes Lewis, they're set though. They have Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely, Charlie Kohler. No tight end need for this team. Offensive line, you know, first of all, well, I guess offensive tackle first. We can start there. I again, there, there's not really. Maybe if you could argue, you know, could the Ravens go and sign a Jermaine Illuminor for tackle depth? You know, Taylor Lewan, I don't think that's an option. George Fant, I, I again, I don't think. Do they bring back Jawan James? I think they're set at tackle. I mean, again, you could argue, yeah, you know what, they should definitely go out there and sign some veteran depth, but we'll see. Guards again, Dalton Reisner is someone who is would be a very high level backup. Others like Justin Pugh, Roger Saffold, etc., Jason Peters, but. Again, I think Baltimore set there. And then center, the Ravens, a spoiler for the final part of the show. Ravens did sign a center, so I don't think this is necessarily as much of a need. But Ben Jones is a guy, maybe. But again, Rodney Hudson, he he was a popular choice a couple years ago, but not so anymore there. Moving over to defense, though, this is where you kind of start to get into, okay, the Ravens should probably start looking at some of these players defensive ends will start and again it kind of varies how you depending on the defense who fits in as a defensive end who fits in as an outside linebacker Yanni Kingakwe obviously a familiar name based off of the Maryland connection the Raven connection too did not do well I mean the the Ravens and Yanni Kingakwe partnership was not good I think Don Martin did not use him right and he just didn't perform but He's someone who had nine and a half sacks last year in Indianapolis. He could be good. Robert Quinn, 33 years old, still talented. Jadavian Clowney is an interesting one. I think, you know, he's been linked to the Ravens on and off for a couple of years now. There was some interesting drama with him in Cleveland where I think was he got sent home in the finale or something. But, you know, he's he, he's he would be an OK option. I wouldn't mind Baltimore bringing him in. Obviously, hopefully if there were no distractions, that'd be the hope. But Clowney's a very interesting one. Other ones like Melvin Ingram. Trey Flowers, Carlos Dunlap, but I don't know. Something about Jadavian Clowney intrigues me. I don't know what it is. Again, is it the end of the world if the Ravens don't sign him? No, but he'd be a very interesting option in this defense. Defensive tackles, maybe the Ravens say, hey, you know what? We want to bring in a veteran defensive tackle after letting go of Clayus Campbell. Matt Iodonis, the Panthers, well, former Panthers, also played for Washington. He's there. Shelby Harris, who was... I think he's not as good of a pass rusher as he once was, but he's still very good in the run game. Akeem Hicks was a beast. He is an absolute, he was a beast with Chicago. Maybe they bring him in. Anamakan Sue is still there. Linval Joseph. So even, you know, Ravens legend Chris Wormley's there. So I actually would not be mad if the Ravens brought in a veteran defensive tackle. I don't think they will. I think they're they're content with their five of Metabike, Washington, Urban Pierce, and Travis Jones, but we'll see what they do. Then outside linebackers, again, does vary. But Leonard Floyd is someone who intrigues me a ton. He is someone who 
during the past three seasons, 10 and a half, nine and a half and nine sacks turns 31 in September. He'd be, I think very solid. I also would be totally cool with Justin Houston coming back. He's a lockdown Ravens legend. I, I, I love Justin Houston. Someone that I think is still be productive. He knows the defense. Other guys like Anthony Barr available. Kyle Van Noy is someone too, who could be very interesting at that position inside linebacker. They, they don't need somebody here. They, they really don't after, you know, they might move on from batch of queen. I don't think they will, but a guy like Jalen Smith, I don't think makes this defense better. They, there aren't really other options. Jalen Brown is another one. Zach Cunningham. They're content. Baltimore's content. there. cornerback. Cornerback is one that I think Baltimore should be looking at. Now, Marcus Peters, I think is the best corner on the market. We'll talk about him in the second segment. So I, I won't go too in depth there. We'll, we'll talk about that in the second segment with Jason Verrett. Very talented guy, but injuries, you know, Bradley Roby, Bryce Callahan, you know, he's he's a solid slot guy. So that's the question, right? Do you want a slot guy or do you want an outside guy right now if you're, if you're looking to sign a corner? Troy Hill from the Rams. Eli Apple, I'm, I'm not touching Eli Apple. Don't give me I, no thank you there. Ronald Darby, th- there are solid corners left. I mean, Levi Wallace is someone who I think played well for the Steelers and honestly was good in Buffalo too. Chris Harris, you know, he's 34 years old, but he's been a solid slot corner. So that's very interesting. Safety-wise, we talked in depth about Adrian Amos on yesterday's show, so if you haven't checked out that, I highly recommend you do so. But other options, the Ravens could potentially sign there. John Johnson, who definitely was not great in Cleveland. Logan Ryan, who's versatile in terms of he can play safety and slot corner, 32 years old there. So there are are, are the options, but I think Baltimore, there are solid post-draft free agents that they can still sign, whether it's re-signing their own guys like a Marcus Peters or Justin Houston, going out there and signing a Jadavian Clowney, a Leonard Floyd, a Logan Ryan, et cetera. They, they do have options in that regard. But coming up in our second segment, we'll be diving into Marcus Peters a little bit more, talking about the visit he had yesterday and what it could mean if the Ravens actually do lose him. So be sure to stay tuned to 10 and dive into on the show. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers are getting no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. In the conference finals, they start today. My Denver Nuggets going up against those Los Angeles Lakers. I'm, I'm excited. I'm nervous. If you're listening to this after the fact, you're, you can tell I'm either very happy or very upset by what happened. But FanDuel's great. They have great promotions every day. They have a safe and secure app, and you can get paid instantly on those conference finals bets. And there's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. In FanDuel, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get a no sweat first. So that's $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. We're back. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens here on Taco Tuesday. Kevin Ostriker still rocking with you here. And we talked about post-draft for Asian targets for Baltimore. And one of those guys is one of their own, and Marcus Peters. But there was some news on the Marcus Peters front yesterday on Monday as Vic Taffer, the key covers of the uh, NFL and also the Raiders for the Athletic. We've been talking about it so much, like, oh, they should bring back Marcus Peters. Are they going to? Why would they? Why wouldn't they? What are the pros and the cons? Well, this is like the first real movement on the Marcus Peters market at this point. And it's been kind of, honestly, it's been kind of weird where he hasn't really gotten a ton of attention, it feels like, this offseason for a player that, again, he and Marlon Humphrey before the injury, before Marcus Peters and his injury, one of the top cornerback tandems in the league. People argued Baltimore had two top 10 corners. And, you know, I, I could see the case because Marcus Peters was that good for them. But obviously had the injury in 2021, came back in 2022 and just didn't look like himself, you know, got burned a lot, didn't look to be the same player. And again, I've, I've said it, I'll say it again. So every day or as if you've listened to the show every day, you know this and you've heard me say it. But the two paths I can see from Marcus Peters is he just needed a year to recover from the injury and kind of get back on the field, test it out a little bit 
and he's going to be fine for the next couple of seasons or the injury and in the age is all just catching up as you know father time does with all players and everybody to be honest but it, it just you know maybe the career of marcus peters is is winding down now I think Baltimore, again, can afford to take the risk with him because of the Rocky Essien signing with having Marlon Humphrey there too. But then that question I talked about in the first part of the show where it's, do you need a slot corner? Because Rocky Essien is an outside guy. You're not going to put him in the slot. I think he played 85, 90% of his snaps on the outside last year. You look at a player like Marlon Humphrey, he definitely can play inside, but I think you prefer to have him on the outside. So Peters and the Raiders is interesting. Obviously, before they were Las Vegas, they were Oakland. Marcus Peters is from Oakland. And, you know, friends with Marshawn Lynch, who's from that area. Najee Harris also, you know, he's friends with Najee Harris too. So that Ravens-Steelers rivalry with those two is, is really fun. But again, for Peters, it's a matter of does he have a role in this defense? You know, what, what would it mean if Baltimore actually lost him, right? If he actually goes and signs with the Raiders, well, I think they'd lose a leader, first of all. I mean, Marcus Peters has proven to be that guy for them. Someone who, again, he I think he was mislabeled with, with those like character concerns where, you know, when a player doesn't fit in one place and there are some incidents here and there on the field where he's just like, oh, the attitude stuff. Kansas City wasn't a fit for him. You know, there were the, he threw the flag into the stands, got ejected for that in Kansas City. It just, it wasn't the right place for him. And you hear those, like, you know, people say, oh, there were so many horror stories in Kansas City. Then he goes to Los Angeles and you're like, oh, everybody loves him in Los Angeles. Like his, his teammates loved him in Los Angeles. He was great over there. Now, I think the Rams system didn't really fit him. I think the Ravens system and what they ran under Don Martindale and now continue to run under Mike McDonald fits him better. But he comes over to Baltimore and becomes a fan favorite, a teammate favorite, an organizational favorite. And someone who has grown in his role in Baltimore. And obviously, it takes so many different aspects of, you know, what makes a good NFL player both on and off the field. Where Peters provided that on-field extreme production, especially, you know, first game as a Raven. You go back to Seattle, pick six on an MVP. It was Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson battling out for MVP. That effectively, that game ended Russell Wilson's MVP chances and, and I think gave the runaway award to Lamar. But... Peters now, I mean, even back in 2021 when he was injured, was coaching up on the sidelines, you know, was telling guys, you know, what he sees, where to be, where to position themselves. And again, I think took on that role again in 2022. And we all know the fire and the passion Marcus Peters plays with. <laughs> it's no secret. One of the best trash talkers in the league, if not the best trash talker in the league. He'll get up in your grill. If, you know, someone who, you know, my friend says this all the time. Marcus Peters is someone who you love if you have him on your team. And you hate him if he's on someone else's team. <laughs> like he, you, there are those players sprinkled in across all sports. I think Marcus Peters is that. And for Ravens fans, people who cover this team, people who watch this team, Marcus Peters is someone who has become beloved in this city and who has really made an imprint. And I think the biggest moment, and I'm talking about him like he's he's gone, right? There's obviously still a chance at least at the time of this recording he stays. But if if this is the end for Marcus Peters in Baltimore and he goes and signs with, with Vegas or someone else. What I'll remember most about his tenure is that video that came out during the Ravens, I think it was training camp in 2021, and pretty much him saying, you know, him coming to Baltimore gave him his joy back for the game, and that impact that Baltimore has had for him, and how I think it's just been a perfect partnership, but again, all, all things come to an end, this could be the end of Marcus Peters in Baltimore, and if this is the case, if Marcus Peters does not come back, I don't think that all of a sudden means, oh, well, they can, they can just, you know, Marcus Peters is gone. That's that. I think maybe you look at a guy like a Bryce Callahan, someone who was great in Chicago, 
and you know has been eh, since you know but i still think could make an impact and would give you more versatility in adrian amos for example who again we talked about yesterday would provide you the ability to maybe put kyle hamilton in the slot if that's what you really want to do if you're the ravens so corner with Marcus Peters, I still think they can make that move. I really do still think they can risk, you know, if if it if this is it for Marcus Peters and the career is winding down, he's not the same player, you can risk making that signing for the potential of having essentially one star in Marlon Humphrey. We know he's a star. And then two really solid number two slash number three corners, and you get that three cornerback rotation. Now, Peters also, I don't think, is going to break the bank here. Again, it's been weirdly quiet with him this offseason in terms of what his market is and has been. So, you know, I was projecting, you know, oh, maybe you can get him on like a $6 million per season deal for two years or seven per season for two years. I Maybe it's a one year, like $4 million, one year even like maybe a rock S deal where it's $6 million with, you know, heavy incentives and you're kind of like working to move the money around as based off of games played or interceptions or snaps or tackles or whatnot. But I just think that Peters has been one of those. He's been one of the heartbeats of the Ravens defense. It would definitely, I think hurt a lot of people to lose him on the field. Again, I will be the first to admit he was not good in 2022 on the field. I can, I can surely admit that, but it's different between bringing him back on like 7 million per season and bringing him back on three or 4 million per season, which I think it might be. And even if it is a deal up to six or up to seven, you know, I'm still definitely in favor of the Ravens signing Marcus Peters, but there was that movement. There was that movement. It's important to talk about because maybe this is the start of a new partnership and a new chapter in the football career of Marcus Peters. But I, I do think there will always be a place for Marcus Peters in Baltimore based off what he did over those really good couple of years he had in Baltimore. And maybe he still has a year or two left in him. Maybe he doesn't. But at the end of the day, corner still a huge need for the Ravens. I think Peters would fill that. But if it's not him, I think it has to be somebody else, you know, or else it's going to be you're trusting some young guys, you know, you're moving Brandon Stevens over to safety. So there are options, but I think Peters is, is a pretty good one. But we'll see if he'll be an option for the Ravens or an option for the Raiders or an option somewhere else. So we'll see. But coming up in the final segment, we'll talk about the Ravens' newest member, their newest offensive lineman, and what it means for the team in that offensive line room in general. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton to dive into on the show. We're back here, our final segment of Locked On Ravens Tuesday style. Kevin Ostriker still here with you. And thank you so much again for tuning in, whether it's an audio form or video form. If you're on your way to work or from work or just chilling, listening or watching to the show here, if you're if you're cleaning or if you're, you know, just lounging around, I appreciate it. And you can find us five days a week, same show, both audio and video form. You're not missing out either way. So again, greatly appreciate it. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow along, all that. No money involved too. It's free to subscribe, both audio and video form. But let's talk about the Ravens and their newest member. The Ravens made a roster move yesterday, signing former Chicago Bears starting center, Sam Mustafer. And this is, this is a cool one because Sam Mustafer is returning home, essentially. He grew up near Owings Mills, near that Under Armour Performance Center, and he's going to be interior offensive line depth for them. Now, Mustafer started 16 games for the Bears last year and started 40 games for the Bears over the past three seasons. And he actually attended Our Lady of Good Counsel. That's in only Maryland and chose Notre Dame as his college played there and ended up going to Chicago's practice squad in 2019. And so you're kind of wondering, well, why would they sign an offensive lineman? Why would they sign essentially what will be 
their backup center. Now, getting a starting center, someone who has started 40 games in three seasons, is not nothing. Like, this is a good move for them. Now, look, Bears fans will tell you he was not good. <laughs> and, you know, it, it depends. You can look at it. I haven't done too much work yet on the tape. I'm going to dive into that a little bit more over the course of these next couple of days here. But there's, a, I think there's one play going viral right now where – doesn't look like you know it's like the ball gets snapped and he's running to nowhere he's in no man's land and Justin Fields gets crunched but someone who has starting experience is, is not a bad signing although I you know I think Tristan Cologne like they lost him he went to the Jets I would have loved to get a guy like Tristan Cologne back in, in a Ravens jersey I, definitely I think he would be a better option at this point right now I, I was very high on Tristan Cologne I think he'd be a, a better option than Sam Mustafer but the starting experience does matter I'm not expecting too much, though. Again, I don't think he's he was necessarily incredible with Chicago. It's a reason why, you know, he's now signing with Baltimore here after starting those 40 games in three seasons for a Chicago team that got the number one overall pick. So I don't know. This is a signing to me. It doesn't move a needle one way or the other. I would not be thrilled if, you know, Tyler Linderbaum got injured and you had to throw Sam Mustafer in to the fire there. I don't think it'd go particularly well, but they needed something. Jeff Shrebeck at the Athletic, you know, ended up reporting that Ravens have been looking for offensive line depth after losing Tristan Cologne. It makes a lot of sense. And kind of looking at their offensive line room now, you have Ron, the starting five. It's going to be Ronnie Stanley at left tackle. Still a hole at left guard is going to be Ben Cleveland. Are they going to kick Daniel Filele inside? Is going to be Patrick McCary. You know, there are options. I guess I'd I guess I'd project Ben Cleveland there right now. That's just you know what I project, but we'll see. Center's Tyra Linderbaum, right guard is Kevin Zeitler. And right tackle is Morgan Moses. So you essentially have four of your five starting spots completely locked in, plus the ensuing or what will be the left guard battle come training camp. And I think that for the Ravens backup wise, so let's just, we'll just put Ben Cleveland in there for now, just for the sake of, of this conversation. Put Ben Cleveland at left guard. Backup wise, Daniel Filele can be a player for you there. Guard wise, you know, it could be a Pastor McCary, who I still like in the super sub role. I've not flipped on that. I've talked about that for years now on this show. I like Pastor McCary as the super sixth offensive lineman. I think that really fits what the Ravens want to do in terms of having all these players that can move around. And also just he's a really good player and can play those positions well. Then what you have is a player like a John Simpson who could play guard and I think could be a solid backup option. Clemson high pick from the Raiders a couple of years ago. Andrew Voorhees is not going to play this year. <laughs> He's not going to. Salah out of Oregon could be somebody who potentially plays. But again, I think that's more of a redshirt year from a, a developmental perspective. David Sharp is a solid offensive tackle, potential backup guy, honestly, who could be a, a you know a break glass in case of emergency type player. So their offensive line depth, I'm not going to say it's it's like amazing, super, super deep. But if you just count McCary, Falele, and, you know, a player like a John Simpson, you have some solid options. David Sharp can be a solid option. I think now you have Sam Mustafer, who could be fine. So if you just have those four, let's just say, and I, I think Salah is someone who is going to, again, not play because of developmental stuff. He's, he's just not ready yet. But Falele, McCary, and Mustafer plus maybe John Simpson. It's okay. I, I wouldn't be mad if they added somebody else, you know, again, injuries happen and the way that the offensive linemen, you know, they just get battered and bruised and that, that position is tough. So I'm, I'm a tad concerned about the offensive line depth. I'm not going to say I'm not worried about it, 
hopefully, you know, the Ravens lost two good pieces this offseason too, right? Let, let's not get that. And that, that kind of, I think, gets a little bit washed away. They lost Ben Powers, who proved me wrong 100%. He, he won that left guard job, played really well, earned himself a nice big contract over there in Denver. And then Cologne, who I talked about, those are two solid pieces who you could trust in situations. Now you're going to have to trust other guys. You're going to have to trust the Daniel Falele. Patrick McCarry, they've trusted before. But again, what happens if, if, let's say, Morgan Moses goes down? Hopefully not, but let's just say it happens. Patrick McCarry has to flip in there. And then let's say a guy like, let's say Cleveland goes down. You know, Patrick McCarry can't just, he can't play, he can't be all everywhere at once. So you kick in Daniel Falele in there. Is it going to be John Simpson? Hopefully that doesn't happen. Sam Mustafer is someone who I think, again, it's not a needle-moving a needle moving move for me. I, I hope he does really well in the role he is asked to play for the Ravens. I hope Tyler Linderbaum can play all 17 games, though. <laughs> that's what I'm really hoping is Linderbaum can stay healthy, and that'll be okay, and that's not that, that will not be an issue for them. Linderbaum, I'm expecting, he was great his rookie season. And if you kind of look across the line, too, if everybody does stay healthy, Ronnie Stanley, we know, is an all-pro player and I think bounced back and, and bounced back into form in a big way after after his injury-riddled seasons. I think Ben Cleveland, again, that's the biggest question mark. Tyler Linderbaum played really good football for them as a rookie last year. Kevin Zeitler is as steady as ever. And Morgan Moses is, is a solid offensive lineman, like a really solid guy to be, you know, a fourth offensive lineman for you in terms of the pecking order of, you know, best to worst. I'd kind of right now I'd go Stanley Zeitler, Linderbaum, Moses, Cleveland, if you're ranking from one to five on that line. But the whole key here is keeping Lamar Jackson upright and Lamar Jackson healthy. You know, for me, it all does start up front, both offensively and defensively. On offense, you got to be able to protect your quarterback. Lamar Jackson's going to be throwing more this year, right? That It's just, it's a given. The wide receivers, Lamar is a very talented thrower. Todd Munkin, I think, is going to help Lamar in that way. You want to keep him upright. You don't, you know, he is good on the run. He can move out of the pocket, you know, scramble, make something out of nothing, you know, with his arm or with his legs, but he's a good thrower in the pocket. And again, there are some people who still don't understand that for some reason. I, I really just, I, I don't know what else, you know, clips and stats and, you know, people just, oh, he can't throw from the pocket. He's, he, he can't, he's not a pocket passer. He can do it. I promise you he can do it. You know, nobody's perfect at it, but he can do it. So you want to keep him protected up there. I think that, again, if you have one or two of those offensive linemen go down, I'm not uber confident in, in the backup guys, but I, I think that, you know, a guy like Falele could step in and play well. McCary, we know, can do that. He's done it before. He's a player who you can, you can plug in any of those positions and he can play those those well. But Sam Mustafer, I just, I don't know, a John Simpson, I, I, I don't know. David Sharp, you know, he's, he's somewhat done it in some circumstances for the Ravens, but... I don't know. So Sam Mustafer, the newest member of the Ravens in that offensive line room. Hopefully he will, uh, hopefully he'll be able to kind of sit back and watch a lot. And, and that would mean Tyler Linderbaum plays a full 17 games, but look, starting experience is cool. The depth that they now have, it's a cool story too with the, with the Owings Mills factor in it. So we'll see. But at the end of the day, I think Baltimore's offensive line is, isn't a good spot overall. Like if the, if the starting five can stay healthy, I really like it, but that's the key, you know, no NFL team gets through the season healthy. So Baltimore is prepping with this move of Sam Mustafer, but we will see how it all pans out in the end. But that's all I have for you here today on Lockdown Ravens. Thank you so much again for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe, follow along, subscribe for free. Again, no money involved and tell a friend, tell a family member, word of mouth still Still a thing, I, I promise. Even though technology, you know, you can just share the links and everything. Word of mouth is still really key. So be sure to share this with someone you know or, or someone you love. So I appreciate everybody. When we get back here tomorrow, 
more NFL content, more Ravens content on this show. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And I'll see you right back here tomorrow. This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply.